What is going on, everybody? And welcome into Icy Mike's. Happy Sunday to all you NFL football fans out there. There's a little bit of pep in our step today as we join the Built in Buffalo Network. So I want to welcome in the old audience and the new audience. This is Icy Mike's, where the takes are ice cold. I have my co-host, Mike Shimbersky. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of Built in Buffalo now. I mean, we, we were going strong on our own, and I'm so glad that they picked us up. It's going to be a good time. Speaking of good times, let's talk about a Pro Bowl wide receiver that could be on the trade market, and that's Mr. Waffle House, Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons. Now you ask why? Well, it's simple. The salary cap is very high on his contract, and the Falcons are said to not want to pay it. So there's a few teams that have been talked about in the news regarding Julio, the first being the Arizona Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins coming out and saying that he would take a pay cut if it meant that Julio Jones would join the, join the team. What do you think, Julio and the Cardinals, Mike? Do you think that's a possibility? That would, that would be dangerous if it is. I don't know what their salary cap looks like, and the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is willing to take a pay cut says a lot of the respect that he has for Julio Jones, and I do think that would make their offense very dynamic. I just don't know if they have the kind of capital that it would take to get him on their team, even with him taking a pay cut. Again, it would, it would help if I, could, if I knew their, their salary cap situation, but also, like, do they have the draft capital, too, to, to just give up for him? I, I think they're a team on the rise, and there's the, you're in danger of giving up too much for an aging wide receiver. Not that he's a bad player, but he's getting up there in age, and I just don't know how much you really want to give up just for one season. Well, that's a great point. But the Cardinals, one thing I do know about the Cardinals is they've spent big at wide receiver, whether it be draft picks or free agency. A.J. Green's there now, along with DeAndre Hopkins. They spent on Andy Isabella. They're very young at receiver. So if you want to go out and get Julio, now would, would be a good time because you're young. But, again, would it be worth it? The salary cap is, is weird questions. Another team that's interested in Julio Jones is a playoff team, the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry came out and said – uh, Titan TF up on Twitter. You can take that any way you want, however he wants to say it. But it seems like they'd be very excited. A.J. Brown, the wide receiver there, said that he would give up his number for Julio Jones if he would join the Titans. We, we talked about Ryan Tannehill on our ranking show, Mike, and me and you kind of had differing views there. I think you put Julio Jones on that team, they become an immediate threat to go to the Super Bowl. I think you see a jump in Tannehill's numbers too. Like look at the look at the jump that Josh Allen took with Stefan Diggs being on the roster. It's almost like when you have such a, a talent added to that roster who is a reliable set of hands that gets open constantly, it just changes the way that offense is even viewed because now Tannehill has a very solid target in Julio Jones if he comes to the team. And then he has other decent wide receivers that are already there and that and then add that along with Derrick Henry and yeah I say that they move up a bunch of spots in the power rankings and would be definite Super Bowl favorites and of course the other team we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills one of the primary things we talk about here on Icy Mike's 
Now I saw a suggested trade package. It was Gabriel Davis, a second rounder and a fifth rounder to the Falcons for Julio Jones. Mike, is that a yes or a no to that trade package? I say no. And the reason why is the Bills don't need that. I think the Bills should not, they would not want to give up Gabriel Davis. Why would they? Why would they? Look at the output that he had in his first season with the team as a rookie. He jumped into a role and he knocked it out of the park. With his ceiling being so high and the amount of skill the Bills have wide receiver already, I just feel like giving up Gabriel Davis and draft capital is just too much. Maybe, maybe if they give him Hodges and some draft capital, I'd be okay with that, but I still wouldn't be that happy. I'd like to see what Hodges even has too this season and see if they hit on both those receivers in the draft. I just think that we have too much skill at the wider. I think the Bills have too much skill at the wide receiver position right now to just go ahead and say, yeah, let's, let's go for a big home run trade like that. And yeah, it, it would benefit the Bills right away, but at the same time, it would only be a, for a short turn turn game. And I just feel like, I, like I said, I just think giving up Gabriel Davis is just uh, way too much of a price tag for what he can probably do uh, for the future of that team. And let's clarify the the Bills franchise quarterback just turned 25 on Friday, and their window is not shutting anytime soon. That's not how it seems to be. So trading for a guy who's an aging wide receiver, even though the numbers he puts up are historic and amazing, and I think we'd kill for him, I think you might just be giving up too much in that trade package. I hate to see young players traded. I hate to see draft picks traded because you never know what those could be and what those could do for your team. I think this is just another case of a big name being available and the Bills fans kind of just clamoring for it. Personally, I don't need it. I, I don't need Julio Jones on the Buffalo Bills team to, to compete because the Buffalo Bills were already one, of maybe a few plays away from the Super Bowl, if you're honest with yourself. That Buffalo-Kansas City game wasn't that close, but, you know, you take a few plays and you change them around, maybe the outcome's different. Julio Jones, a name to watch out for on the trade market, though. We also hit you guys with the Aaron Rodgers news. There's nothing on that. Right now he's on vacation with uh, Shailene Woodley, if you're interested in that. Uh, we're not talking reality show stuff here, though, on Icy Mics. Let's talk about a former Bills receiver who's making his way to one of the New Jersey teams. Let's talk about Kelvin Benjamin. Give me the news. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin uh, landing on the New York Giants, and they want him to play tight end. I, I don't think it's – it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. There's another player that's, uh, you know, trying to play tight end somewhere else where I, I'm less, I'm less intrigued. Uh, but, you know, Calvin Benjamin's always been big. And, I mean, he's – and everyone's kind of said I, – I think I read somewhere where a commenter actually said that he's one biscuit away from being a tight end. So, I think maybe he finally took that personally and he's going to give it a shot. Uh, it might help. Then, he, you know, he's going to be against linebackers instead of instead of corners a lot of the time. And and maybe that that does cause a mismatch. I just I'm interested to see how well he'll block. That's the that's the big thing is, you know, uh, when you become a tight end, there's a lot more to it than just going off the passes. You actually have to contribute in the blocking category, whether it's run the run game or extra protection for the quarterback once in a while. 
Well, let's let's be clear with everybody right now because we are in the the stage of the off season where teams have like 90 guys, 90, 70, 80, however many guys they have. That goes down to 53 come September. So Benjamin may not be on the team come September. We don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you the last time he took a meaningful snap in an NFL game was in 2018 with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was in three games. He had two catches. So that doesn't leave much to be desired. Before that, he was in Buffalo for two seasons. Uh, Not great numbers. Played in 10 games, less than 400 yards. The one thing about Kelvin Benjamin is just, I don't know where the passion went. I don't know if he just started eating too much off the field. I, I don't know where it all went wrong. But once he was traded from Carolina to Buffalo, the work ethic wasn't the same. And, you know, hopefully he turns it around in New York. But going back to your point, Mike, you're right. The tight end does a lot of jobs, a lot of things on the field. But if he's playing backup or third string or tight end, he may not have to block. He might just be out there to catch balls from Danny Dimes. And, you know, that might be very well what the case is going forward. They might just use him in in passing situations and not really – ask much of him when it comes to blocking and there's probably you know other players like Evan Ingram and and whoever else they got on the team that can fill that role but again just like I mentioned they have Evan Ingram so it's going to be a very difficult thing for him to crack into the lineup honestly because when they got a guy like that already I mean Maybe he can make a difference once in a while when you have a spread formation. But other than that, I just don't see him making the field that many times in a game. Yeah, we already know Evan Ingram is tight end number one. This isn't like the biggest signing of the offseason. This isn't, you know, massive money. This is probably pennies on the dollar. Don't know if he's going to make the team. If he makes the team, how often is he going to see the field? It's kind of just news because he's a former Buffalo Bills player, and that's kind of what we cover here. But the biggest news of the day, Mike, oh, man, I don't even know where to begin with this. Timothy Tebow, all right, officially signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the dotted line today. One thing I want to get out before I hand it over to you, no guaranteed money. No guaranteed money. All right, Mike, take it away. Yeah, he's on a completely prove-it deal right now. This is even more bizarre than what we just talked about with Kelvin Benjamin switching to tight end. I mean, that kind of that's a transition where, you know, it almost can be possible because of the fact that he was a receiver and then his role doesn't change too much when he switches to tight end. Now you're, we're talking about a quarterback, and I'm not just talking about a quarterback that's been playing this whole time. I'm talking about a quarterback that hasn't played in the NFL in a long time. I just don't see him coming in, learning a whole new position, and then just, you know, becoming a, a big-time playmaker for them. I just don't – this is almost like they're, they're kind of trying to create a distraction – uh, away from, you know, some of their problems that they have on that team because there's a lot more things that they could be doing to improve this team. I don't think signing Tim Tebow to tight end is, is going to make it make all the difference for him. I tell you what it is to me, Mike. It's absolutely laughable, okay? This guy leaves the NFL in 2012. The last time he suited up was for the New York Jets. 
goes to play baseball. He does okay. Never breaks into the major leagues. And now he's back with his former college head coach. Sign him as an assistant, okay? Sign him as the water boy. Sign him as the mascot, okay? Do not sign him to play football. Just don't. There's too many guys out there that are working hard for this and have been just to get a tryout with the team. And Tim Tebow comes in and gets a contract right now. Again, no guaranteed money. If he makes the team, we'll talk more about this. But until then, I think this is on the back burner, Mike. Who who cares about Tim Tebow? Oh, I'll tell you who cares. The fans of the NFL who just decided to buy all of his jerseys today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's laughable. It's a very laughable situation. Uh, the only thing I will give him credit for is he does train very hard. And so I know he's kept himself in very good shape. Uh, so as far as him being an athlete, that's not a question. I understand he's a very good athlete. And the fact that he's been able to make it into two professional sports, that's not an easy thing to do. I'll give him credit where credit is due when it comes to that. But I just don't think he's going to come in and be able to play tight end and make an impact. I just, I just don't see this being a long-term thing. It's definitely a, a – just a, it's a good story, but I just don't see it happening to where it's going to become something. Nothing's going to come of it where he's being productive on the field. I just, I'll be surprised if he makes the team. And I like some of the words you used there, Mike. One of the things you said was that this is a distraction. And that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars need. They had the first pick in the draft. They won in one football game last year. Had the number one pick. Trevor Lawrence, of course, now is the quarterback. But one thing that this Tim Tebow situation overshadowed which I think was interesting is Travis Etienne was taken by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the draft as well and the one thing that that happened right before all this Tim Tebow stuff came out is OTAs and in OTAs Travis Etienne has taken every single snap at wide receiver now he came in as a running back and we wondered why because Jacksonville already has a running back that rushed for a thousand yards why take a running back? So it seems they may be moving ETN to wide receiver. And I think that's a way bigger story than this Tim Tebow news. Yeah, and I also think I also think it takes a distraction away from Trevor Lawrence as well. I think there's not so much focus on these players right now when you have a big name like Tim Tebow coming in and kind of throwing this smoke at being able to play wide receiver. So maybe this is taking a little bit of attention away from those draft picks where they can just, you know, train right now and peace without being with not having all the focus on them right now. Maybe it's a smoke show. I guess we'll see. Well, it's also a new coach in the NFL adjusting from the college life. You know, he's, this is the first time maybe he has all this control and power to do the things that he wants. And I guess one of the things he wanted was Tim Tebow. So Props to him. We'll talk about this more when there's more news on it. We're talking rivalry games, Mike. Former players meeting their former teams. And there's a bunch of instances of that this season. One of them being the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals. That's J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins meeting against their former team. What do you think is going to be the outcome in that one, Mike? Oh, Arizona. I mean, there's, there's no way that they don't come out of that with a victory. 
Houston's almost in rebuild at this point. I really don't know what they're trying to do. And this was even before all the Deshaun Watson stuff came out. They really didn't seem like they had any interest in putting weapons around him. They got rid of his favorite target. They start getting rid of big names. You know, they dropped J.J. Watt. They're not keeping anyone around. I feel like they're trying to head towards rebuild with obviously Deshaun Watson being young enough to where they can build around him uh, before all that stuff happened. And now I don't even know what Houston is at this point. And Arizona at least has an identity with a solid quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins. And you, like you said, they have AJ green on there now uh, with JJ Watt added to their defense. I think they're solid and they'll come away with that victory. No problem. Well, they're a team on the upswing. They were having a really good uh, 2020. Of course, they beat the Buffalo Bills with that Hale Murray. I still don't know how he caught that football. But they, they played really well, and they're on the upswing, a young team. And like you mentioned, the Texans don't have an identity right now. I, I don't understand what's going on. I'm expecting J.J. Watt to come out with a fire lit under his butt, playing as hard as he can, and Hopkins is going to go off. I think it's going to be reminiscent to what we saw with Steve Smith Sr. when he left the Panthers and went to the Baltimore Ravens. He met the Panthers. He went off, man. He had the game of his life, and that's what I'm expecting with DeAndre Hopkins. We got another one, though, Mike. Patriots, Buccaneers, Brady, Gronkowski. Not only that, but I believe it's in Foxborough. What do you think of this? That's a, that's a dangerous one because you can never count out the Patriots as long as Bill Belichick's their coach. I mean, if, if anyone watches football, they know that Bill Belichick can come up with a master game plan. And so I'm not saying that the Bucs can't make it happen. I, I think that that's most likely the case. But you can't count the Patriots out on this one. I really think that if Bill Belichick comes up with a solid game plan for that specific game and is able to best them, uh, that would be a, that would definitely be a story uh, for for the whole week after that because that would just be bittersweet in a way because Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl without the Patriots organization and kind of was able to you know stick it to the man in that way, but it could come full circle and at least give them a little bit of a, the Patriots, a little bit of a better feeling being able to sneak a game away from them, you know, when everyone expects the bucks to win on that one. There's more than just the headline of Brady meeting Belichick again. Brady can also become one of the few players to beat every team in the national football league. There's not many players to have done that. So if the bucks are able to win and you know, I don't know how long Brady and Belichick are going to be in the league, but this might be the only time they face off. Whoever wins is going to be, you know, hailed as, you know, what was greater, the player or the coach? And, and this is kind of that matchup. We don't know how many more times this is going to happen. So it's going to be one to watch there in week four. Mike, Buffalo Bills 2021 schedule. We're hitting – the important games, maybe the least important games, the games that are really standing out in your mind. I want you to kick us off. Give me the first game that you look at and you're interested to see. I think I, I really, I'm really excited for the Thanksgiving game against the Saints. Uh, hopefully, uh, it was really nice to be able to watch, you know, the Bills on Thanksgiving. Hopefully, we can watch them 
play on Thanksgiving and they bring it, the Bills bring it just like they did the last time they played the Cowboys. It's interesting that you bring up that game, Mike, because the Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. What, you know, what do they have going on? Of course, they made the playoffs last year with the help of Drew Brees. But how is that team going to compete? I don't even know if that game is going to be very competitive. Of course, it is prime time. The Bills have that 8.30 slot on Thanksgiving. But I'll hit you with one here. Sunday, October 10th, Sunday night football at Kansas City. Now, this one is the one I'm the least excited for because I'm the most worried about it. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs were number one in our power ranking show. If you haven't seen that, that's two episodes ago on Icy Mugs. Be sure to check it out. But man, Buffalo and Kansas City has been a rivalry for a long time since the days of Alex Smith there. I remember seeing Jamal Charles run wild in Western New York a few times. This is one of those rivalries that isn't an interdivision rivalry, but it kind of feels that way because they play each other so much. And for years, it's been the Chiefs getting the best of the Bills. And I'm hoping that Buffalo can really just come up with a game plan that works. We saw them do it against the Ravens. Now they need to do it against the Chiefs. Yeah, and, you know, if you notice, they, they did it to us again. We play the Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs in back-to-back games again. And last season, that was our, that was our losing streak right there, was those two teams. So uh, that's definitely on my radar as far as it's a good rematch. It would be nice to see where we're at as far as being anywhere closer to being able to beat them or if we do beat them. It would be nice to see where the Bills are, uh, being able to compete with them, and if they get any closer to being able to beat them. Or if the Bills still need something to work on, that'll give them a good gauge right in the middle of the season to see where the Bills need to get uh, by playoff time to be competitive with the Chiefs. I kind of mentioned it already. Uh, the primetime game against the Titans. The Tennessee Titans are always dangerous, and it seems like it's, it's not going away anytime soon. They have a very good offense put together, and they're very committed to Ryan Tannehill. I have my opinion on him, but he definitely does run that offense. And when you have Derrick Henry, there's, there's almost no saying what's going to happen with that offense. I mean, the guy just goes off every season. And so they, they made a big run last season. I think that they're dangerous again, and they handed it to us, or they handed it to the Bills last year uh, pretty hard. So I just, that's something that I think the Bills are going to have to prepare for pretty hard is seeing both those teams again this season. One thing with that, Mike, I just talked about how the Bills and Chiefs have matched up for a while. The Bills and Titans have matched up for a while too. But instead of it being the opposite, it kind of seems the Bills usually get the better of it. Now the Titans did win the one last year, but if you remember the Terod Taylor days, it was a win there for the Bills. We also beat them again another time you know, within the past five or six years. So they they scare me a little bit, but not as much. Here's one for you, Mike. Sunday, September 26th, Washington football team. Now, if you remember in the playoffs last year, the only team to give Tom Brady and the Buccaneers any competition was Washington. And they have Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starter, Fitzmagic, as he's known in Buffalo. 
He always goes on a stretch of games where he plays some wild football, you know, 400 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Oh my God, they win. Hopefully this is not the week that that happens. Well, I am a fan of Fitzpatrick. He's going to his downward. Hopefully Fitzmagic has drained out of the system by then. And he's, and he's ready to throw four, four or five picks that game. Uh, because when he gets hot, he, he can be competitive and it's scary. He's going to be getting his standing ovation at Bill stadium. I know that, but I hope that they mop the floor with him. Give me your next one. Mike. <laughs> so the next one I have, I, we do get it or The bills do get a chance to hit their rival quarterback that has always had their number with the Patriots. They get a chance to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season in a regular season game. Could be a Super Bowl matchup here. This could be a preview could of what happens Bowl in the matchup. Super Bowl. Exactly. And, and, and exactly. That's, that's what I was just about to get at is this could be, this could be an early preview for a Super Bowl. I mean, the Bills are already Super Bowl favorites this year for some people. And if they're able to make it, again, this would be another game where it's like this is a good gauge to see where the Bills are at as far as being able to hang with these, up, these top teams in the league. They belong there right now. We've seen it last year. So if we if we can see this season come about and if the Bills are right about where they need to be as far as being able to compete with the Chiefs and the Titans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if we get a victory out of any of those games, that starts showing that, you know, this whole Super Bowl thing could be a big-time possibility for the Bills, and that would give Bills Mafia – a lot to be excited about. And you're going against, and then they're going against Tom Brady, who's always had their number. So that's already exciting too. Cause if, if the bills can pull a win off against Tom Brady, I think it would just make them feel all that much better about all those Patriots days of them always losing. I don't think you can feel better about those days. If you don't know, you know now, but Tom Brady has the best record against a single football team as one player can ever have in the history of the NFL. So I don't think one win will do it justice. If it was the Super Bowl and the Bills beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, then you can call that justice. But if you beat him once, I don't know if we can call that that. But I digress. <laughs> I still think it makes you feel just – I think it still makes Bill's Mafia feel just slightly that much better if they can sneak away with a win against Tom Brady with his new team. I mean, it doesn't make it all go away, but it, it, it would be it would feel good for a week. So there's a lot of playoff teams on the schedule, Mike. It's Kansas City, Tennessee, Tampa Bay. You got the Colts, the Steelers, lots of playoff teams that the Bills are facing. But after that Bucks game, which is December 12th, there's no more playoff teams that the Bills face in the regular season. Panthers, Patriots, Falcons, Jets. That's a little bit of a cupcake there going into the playoffs. Personally, I'd like to see some more competition there so the Bills can be ready come playoff time. What are your thoughts? I think some of these teams are question marks. I, I mean, the new season hasn't started. We're just going based off of last year's records. I think once you get to the towards the end of this year, every team's kind of figured out who they are as far as a football team. And so I think some of these teams may have been cakewalks in the beginning of the season, but once you get towards this back end of the season, all these teams have been playing for 
quite a bit of time now, and there's a lot more chemistry built there. So you don't know what Carolina is going to bring to the table. You don't know what the new new the new New England Patriots are going to be like. You know what I do know, up. Mike? You know what I do know is that three of those games are home. They're in Buffalo which, in December. Makes all the- in December, and there's going to be fans in that stadium, and you know that the Bills are going to be putting up 30 points. I'm expecting WWW. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going against Bills Mafia whatsoever, and I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying that when it comes to all the additions that the New England Patriots have made on this offseason, I can't say that they're the same team that they were last year. And I can't say that the Atlanta Falcons are just going to be a cakewalk. We don't know. All I'm saying is, I, do I believe we'll get a W? Yes. Or do I believe the Bills will get a W on that? Yes. I think they'll win all, all, three, all three or four of those games. But they just need to not come into it with the mindset of thinking that all these teams are just going to be pushovers because that's when you get one stolen from you. And who knows what this division is going to look like. The Bills might need all those wins to, to, to take the division if the Dolphins – can pull off what they did last season where they won 10 games quietly. If they can do that again or win a couple extra, they're dangerous too. And then we're fighting for the division. I mean, and then the bills are fighting for the division. So you, you can't ignore some of these back end games. Hopefully the bills bring their a game and they knock out those last couple games. But I, I can't look at it as such an easy task. Lastly on the schedule for today for us is the primetime games in 2021 and what it looks like and the Buffalo Bills have a bunch it seems but there are some other teams that have gotten maybe questionable odds I don't know give me what you know about the primetime schedule the primetime schedule there's a lot more than we're used to uh watching I'm telling you that the the Bills normally don't get this these this many primetime games uh like I had mentioned they play the Saints again uh they played the Cowboys last time, but the Bills play the Saints on Thanksgiving. Uh, that's the one that jumps right out right away. But even before that, they have a couple primetime games back-to-back. They Chiefs and, play – Chiefs and Titans. They play the Chiefs and Titans, and the, the Chiefs is a Sunday night game, and then that following week they play the Titans on Monday night. And so that's a, that's a lot of prime time. That's a lot of prime time exposure. I, I think that the league is starting to recognize the bills as a, as a solid contender and that people like watching them play. And so I think they've been added to this, this prime time list as, as one of the, the more watchable teams. So Buffalo has four prime time games guys, but there are some teams that have five and five is the most but let me name some of those teams that have five primetime games. The New Orleans Saints, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, let's talk here. The Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. We don't know how they're going to perform without him. Okay, so questionable. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, we've discussed this. Don't know if he's going to be with the team. Don't know how they're going to perform. Pittsburgh, okay, they went undefeated for a while last year, but come playoff time, they got a reality check. And San Francisco missed the playoffs altogether. So the question is, yes, Buffalo has 
extra primetime games this year, but I still don't think they've earned the respect that they deserve after going to the AFC championship game last year. You almost have to look at it as, as a giant market. I mean, they're just putting the bills out there because they're hot right now. Everyone's kind of getting on the bandwagon because they're good and they haven't been good in a long time. And so I think the NFL is trying to get more exposure for that team so that, you know, it's almost, I wouldn't say it's a money grab because that's, I know that that's not necessarily, I, I do think that they're getting some respect to the fact that the, the Bills did not get this many primetime games before and now they're getting some recognition. But at the same time, I think they're just realize the, the league's starting to realize that a lot of people want to watch the Bills. So they're putting them on TV in primetime. If a lot of people want to watch the Bills, then put us in that five category with Pittsburgh, with the Rams, with the 49ers. I don't like sitting at that four-game slot, Mike. I, I do think that they, the, the Bills definitely deserve another, another primetime game, but I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Four primetime games is more than the Bills usually get. I'm happy about it. Hey, they can always be I mean, flexed. They can always be flexed. And I hope everyone is ready to stay up kind of late than later than they're used to watching some of these Bills games because I'll tell you what, those one o'clockers are good for the next day at work. But now, now everyone's going to have to prepare. I, I, I see a lot of people calling off their jobs on Mondays or even Tuesday on that Monday night game, especially if they win. All right, and that is all we have for, again, this is Icy Mike's. Thanks again to Built in Buffalo for picking up our show. Again, that's every Sunday. We'll be putting out Buffalo news and league news. I'm Mike Chimbersky. You can always find me at Twitter, Mike Chimbersky at M-I-K-O-L-2531 at Mike Chimbersky. And Dan, hit him with your Twitter. At the real Dan Kelly on Twitter, guys. All right, thanks. That's all we have. Have a good rest of your day, guys.